Welcome to the 301 Podcast, the interview podcast for the hottest up-and-coming entrepreneurs, artists, and creators. Real, authentic, and inspiring. And here is your host, Marcus Engel. Let's get it started in 301. Welcome back to the 301 Podcast. Today we talk to Oscar Fernande, and Oscar Fernande is the founder of Lucentemont. Lucentemont is a startup in the avant-garde fashion scene. And don't worry if you're not familiar with avant-garde fashion. In the course of the episode, you will get a lot of insights and what it really comes down to in this niche market. We also talked about the beginnings of Lucentemont fashion, how Oscar and his brother started Lucentemont. We talk about how he gets inspired. And we also touch upon a very important topic. Uh, what role does the fashion industry play in cultural development? And it's a really hot topic and a really important topic. And we also talk a lot about business cliches. All that can be heard in the episode. So have fun and listening. The episode will start in 3.01. Welcome back to the 301 podcast. <laughs> so um, again, another podcast episode with Oscar. Oscar was in the podcast earlier, but it's uh, not launched uh, episode due to some technical problems. So we have to re-record, but I think it's uh, even better uh, four months uh, later. And... Um, I think maybe it's just good to give the word to you as well in the first instance to introduce yourself quickly, um, what you do and who you are. Thanks, Marcus. And um, hi, everyone. I am Oscar Fernanda. Um, I'm 26 years old and I'm living in Amsterdam. Um, yeah, I have a, a background in commercial economics, but actually I've always been inspired and passionate about um, off-guard fashion and uh, together with my brother Ralph we are the founders of uh, Lucentement yeah when talking about Lucentement um, we're currently one of the leading social medias um, for off-guard fashion specifically um, off-guard fashion and off-guard art and we consider ourselves as uh, the bridge between uh, the three pillars which are um, the audience that we have, uh, designers and brands, uh, and stores. So we help designers and brands with getting more attention and awareness online, um, uh, help stores from a sales perspective, um, but also um, sometimes we work as a consultant to help brands, designers, or stores um, helping, to set, helping to set up their uh, social media. Um, yeah, and, and with the audience, from audience perspective, we inspire uh, the audience with fashion um, designers, designers from an entry level, which are like cheaper designers to step into the avant-garde scene. Um, and we communicate the latest news about collections from designers, about stores. Um, and we function a bit as a PR for some designers as well. So that means that they uh, send us their like the articles about their new collections and that we posted on social media and promoted. So yeah, as our, as our platform is, is growing rapidly, uh, we're now currently one of the biggest uh, platforms that, that promotes avant-garde fashion uh, and art specifically. Um, so yeah, lately we have been working also closely together with the designers to um, make collaboration items and collaboration projects. So, for instance, uh, we started a collaboration with a sh handmade shoe designer um, last year. Uh, his name is James Kearns, and he's from London. 
um, and together we created our first handmade shoe. So he did uh, the creation and we did the branding and um, so on. And now there are also some upcoming projects uh, where my brother and I am working on with, for instance, uh, a designer that makes hand handbags and bags and messenger bags and um, a designer that uh, is really specialized in leather work, leather jacket specifically. Um, we're working, or well, we're planning to work with a jewelry designer uh, to make our own watch. And so we're trying to get basically our names out there also um, as a platform that is contributing to helping the designers yeah. with better um, brand awareness in a sense. And if you say like the biggest uh, platform, can you also give us a little bit like a, an insight into into the market? Like what is big, what is, what is small? Well, there are a lot of different types of fashion segments which are way bigger than avant-garde fashion. So you have streetwear, uh, luxury, Techwear is, is lately new, um, haute couture, and actually many more fashion segments that are much bigger than avant-garde. Um, but yeah, yeah, you have often avant-garde, which is a small niche, uh, and in, in my opinion, the most interesting and uh, important niche for fashion on its own. Um, and in, in fashion terms, it means to me uh, unconventional designs, um, handmade, a lot of unorthodox structures and sewing methods that have an, yeah, just an extraordinary touch. So it, those are like the details that you can't see from pictures or videos. You really have to go to a store or go to the designer to see their items and to see the details. Um, yeah, basically, basically avant-garde separates itself from the mainstream um, with their designs, with the whole aura, the branding, the, the yeah, storytelling everything in a sense um yeah it, it makes the in my opinion it, it makes the wearer or people that love it perceive uh the clothes differently than than yeah the streetwear or, or the other f types of fashion it's just something else and different and you can see it directly when you see someone wearing avant-garde fashion and that's yeah, that's why I always say it's for me. It's not only fashion, but it's also wearable art, and that's also where I refer to a lot um, on our platform, this Antoine, where I, when we, for instance, post a picture of a of a jacket, then to me it's also a bit of wearable art. Um, yeah, and and basically, since we noticed that social media became more prominent, uh, the internet started to rise, and um, yeah, we saw a big shift in the market where. To me, storytelling and branding um, of the designers and the stores is one of the most important things, especially since everything, almost everything you can find is on the internet already. So it, it in, in my opinion, it really, it really uh, is about getting your brand, uh, getting your story out, defining everything uh, from that perspective to bond people to your brand. Um, because there are a lot of brands and stores and, and those type of things. Um, and the problem is a bit that the market is still a bit conventional, um, not really digital or tech-driven or marketing-driven in a sense. Um, and with the storytelling and branding, we are trying to help those designers and brands in a sense. I can imagine for a lot of people, or at least for me, it was not clear what avant-garde fashion is in the beginning. Um, so when we got to know each other, um, I, I recognized first your... Uh, extraordinary style but i also could not really see like what what it was and um, 
I think when I saw your Instagram feed for the first time, it is a very a very specific um, niche um, and it's very interesting. So maybe it's also good to understand uh, and also go a little bit back in time. Um, how did you start to invest, to be investigated in, into avant-garde fashion? Because I think the access to, for example, uh, Louis Vuitton or to uh, the high fa fashion brands maybe are, it's more accessible because it's also more, more mainstream. Mm -hmm. So I would really like to know How did it start um, to be like acquainted with avant-garde fashion and also be mesmerized then in the end to follow that uh, so many years? Yeah, it's a really good question because it is like, it is especially since in Amsterdam, you don't see a lot of people wearing it. Like you can, it, maybe like 20 to 50 people are really invested in it in Amsterdam. So it's really small. You don't see a lot of people wearing it. It actually started when I think I was 13 or something, like not, not younger than that. Um, and I have a, a cousin of mine and he's really invested into art and also into, yeah, he was already invested into avant-garde. Um, he didn't buy it himself, but he was like really mesmerized about the treatments and the way that the clothing looked and like so many different designs and so many uh, different like treatments on, on leather, how it looks. It's so odd and different compared to Louis Vuitton or streetwear things that you see. And he showed me one time a pair of shoes um, which were made by Caro Champoyer, a pioneer in uh, avant-garde, basically. Um, and the shoes were basically dipped into rubber and then they're hang they're basically um, hanged up, basically. And and the 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 rubber that 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 becomes um, solid in a sense. And every shoe is different compared to the other. Uh, models basically and when i saw that i was like completely hooked i was like wow that's that's so that's so crazy so yeah. amazing like how it looks it's so different and especially when the story that my my cousin he told me like imagine that you wear these shoes and then every day it's different because the the leather the the, the rubber also falls apart so you wear your own shoe it becomes your your own custom shoe in a sense eventually and how old were you when when you first got acquainted with avant-garde fashion i think it was 13 um yeah i think it, i think it's like now 13 years ago something like that so it was, i was quite young um and when since he's shown it to me i was like super young so it, like it was like google and these type of things were really like amateur yet so i was googling uh the designers and rick owens was also a big pioneer still is and um eventually social media became uh, became uh, a hype facebook and and then instagram and when instagram started um at first i was a bit shy of posting things about myself so what i did is i was posting uh clothing like avant-garde fashion and shoes and sneakers and boots jackets everything from designers and, and items that i liked and, and slowly that took off and um at a certain point i was posting more stuff about fashion than i was posting stuff about myself and my brother was really into it as well um so we started uh, working on an instagram page um basically out of a passion and, and posting things that we like and posting designers that we liked And yeah, the audience, uh, the audience, yeah, started following us and, and started liking our, our content. And we got like a lot of positive reactions and, and comments and 
and when you see your Instagram channel growing, it 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 really does something with you. You you start becoming motivated to work on it, and and also it, it, at a certain point when you get the status influencer, I would not call myself something like that, but then you really um yeah trying to engage with your followers in a sense you really want to give them that that information and and their their positive reactions and these type of things uh, yeah so that's that slowly took off we started in 2013 uh, and then as, as it is a super niche it, it it is not that we have grown like like significantly in the first few years i mean i think after three or four years we only had like six thousand followers so to start with something you really need to do it out of a passion but for us for me it was like six thousand followers that is so much it is a lot of followers you know and then um and then at a certain point uh also designers started noticing you and started following you or stores and, and they, they they send messages like oh i really like your content and uh, can you future me as well and and slowly that shifted towards more of a uh yeah, more of a startup in a sense. So, um, at a certain point, we started to doing uh, small promotion jobs for designers of stores, helping them um, with getting a better online awareness, better reach. Um, and at a certain point, uh, yeah, we thought, okay, we need to 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 do more with this, and we want. And, and as I'm pretty entrepreneurial, my brother as well, we um, thought, okay, let's. Let's see if we can make a business out of this or like like a revenue or a startup and see how far we can come and, and, and get. And then I think in um, 2017 was a bit of the, the shifting from like a passion towards um, small startup. I consider myself still as a startup, but um, and that was a bit the, the tipping point where we decided, okay, it's now time to really be serious with this and start working like multiple times a week uh, besides studying um like like having like set and scheduled days to work and see how far we can come and yeah that that went slowly at first but it, it's taking off currently so that's really nice so so was there like a specific year that, or in, and maybe like also a specific change of of content or of a strategy that you say like okay this was the secret ingredient that we really took off because the first uh, you started 2013 um, so that's uh, seven like really started seven years ago mm -hmm. um, and then you said the first three four years we had five six thousand followers and now you have uh, over sixty thousand followers so did something change or did just the uh, industry change or the interest in avant-garde fashion or like can you pinpoint it a little bit well yeah like like um you have to imagine that when we started in 2013, it was like a, just an Instagram page for us. So we tried to post maybe once a day or not even once a day. And the content was, was pretty like, it was about the images, not, not really about the content that was like in the caption in a sense, or like the way how we brand ourselves or we were just posting things that we like from an inspiration perspective. Um, when we started changing, uh, when we, st when we noticed that, that people liked it and, um, in 2017 that really took off for us to to make the decision okay let's let's really work on this and then what changes everything basically changed but like the, the caption wise we were trying to make more um interesting content like not only the image of a certain jacket but also information about the treatments uh, the designer itself 
mm. try to really engage with your um with your audience basically we do for example guest a brand um posts where we um post a picture of a certain shoe or a jacket or a certain piece of a designer um, without mentioning the source or without mentioning the designer um, and then we try to engage and be interactive with our with our audience to let them guess uh, the brand in the picture in a sense or the designer um, and what we notice is that a lot of people like these type of content things like the changes the interactive uh, um, interactive and, and engaging content so I would say that that changed a bit um, uh, I think also from a more of a brand perspective um, since we really took it more serious we really tried to push our brand also offline so we were more in contact via email and via phone with uh, designers and, and stores to get our name out there as a new PR or a new media type of company. Um, so I think the combination of really engaging and interactive content and try to be as close to your audience as possible really helped. Um, and besides that, um, um, f more the focus of, of offline. So I would say I would call that more the B2B side with, with designers and stores. Um, and that also reflected in going to Paris or Paris Fashion Week. And that also makes our company more as a, um, as a player in the game, I would say, you know, so when we're going to Paris Fashion Week, we try to make as much, uh, of, of course, make as much content as possible, but we try also to, um, have a bit of a background information and what happens behind the scenes and what happens before people go towards the fashion show and. Um, these type of things so we try to document that as well and to post that and i think the combination of these things um, make makes it more interesting and more fun for our follower to connect with us as a company rather than with the uh, uh, designers and clothing that, that we're posting in a sense i think that is a, the biggest shift okay and uh, how does for example a paris fashion week look look like for you because i think paris fashion week is for everyone who is not in to fashion always a very like big question mark, I think. Yeah. So, um, wh what is it that that, for example, you do in Paris Fashion Week? Well, it, it is it's like to to start with Paris Fashion Week is is really uh, it's not it, it's it's so much um, people think that think that it's a lot of fun. And it is fun, of course, but it is really hard work. So you have to imagine that between six to eight weeks before Fashion Week uh, Paris Fashion Week starts. Um, you try to communicate with designers that you're going or with stores or and so you you want to make like a set like time um for each designer um you want to get the invitations towards uh shows these type of things so it's a lot of like organizing up front um so you have like a a, a real time schedule it's not that you just go to Paris and think oh there's a show there let me go there you need to get in invitations you need to get yourself out there so you really need to be communicated. Uh, communicative with uh, designers and stores so it, it starts with that so um, and then when you go there um, it is a really really tight time schedule although it starts at nine o'clock most of the time you have your first show at 12 o'clock so between nine and 12 you have maybe two appointments most of the times the the appointments are like from the north to the south to west to east of Paris so you have to travel a lot as well so it's a lot of traveling between a lot of talking with the designers every designer um has an has a different collection different inspiration for his collection 
Uh, and we try, of course, to invest as much attention to that as well. And we try to like to record it as well. So we have like the the opinion of the designer and, and, and that we can like reflect that also in our post. So it's a lot of like working and, um, but it's super nice. You go outside and normally in Amsterdam where we are, are here, like when I see someone wearing Rick Owens, I'm like, oh damn, that guy's wearing Rick Owens, you know? And we go to Paris Fashion Week and you see all types of people in so incredible like outfits and designs and and um that is so really cool you feel like connected with each other it, i find it really nice so um yeah then you go to a show yeah most of the times like the term fashion belayed is something that is really happening at paris fashion week as well when you have like when a show starts at 12 o'clock you have to take into account that it probably is going to start at a quarter to one or something like that so it always um it's, it's just always late and if you have a show at 12 o'clock and then another one at one o'clock then it you really have to hurry so it's like the shows are really cool but it is like um you you go to your place you 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 sit you you pick uh, you you take your camera you start making photos and videos and basically actually the only thing that you're doing is is making videos making photos um and then at the end of the show you think man actually i haven't watched the show i haven't looked at the, the designs i was only literally working um so that is definitely different like if you are like an influencer like an asap rocky or those type of people that also go to those shows then they're just sitting there because they are not creating content in a sense they are the content they are the influencers and and we are creating content for lucent mother and um so it is it is like hard work it's like making a lot of pictures and, and talking with a lot of people and traveling um but it's so nice to be with people that are in the same mindset or in the same um working in the same environment as you are i, I just try to get a little bit of an understanding of um what lusantimo is and what it also stands for because right now it is it sounds very it is very cool what you've achieved but um it's it sounds every, everything very natural yeah we go to paris fashion week we create a lot of instagram content we have sixty thousand followers uh, you made also your own shoes uh, together with a designer in London. Maybe we can talk about that briefly. Yeah, so so it it sounds uh, natural, but like like with everyone that is does, that is working on his own company, you only see the good things. And besides that, um, people have to take into account that I am working almost every day, um, almost every day at my uh, working behind my laptop on on new things or communicating, emailing. So it's a lot of work uh, and the nice things are going to Paris and these type of things. And you also have to say, because not a lot of people know it, you also have a full-time job yeah. that is not Lusantimo. And I think this is also something. So this is a, a in the end a side hustle um, and a side project, uh, even though it sounds like a lot more work than than only a, a side hustle. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's very interesting. Maybe I want to like ask what was growing up like for you? Growing up? Um to be honest, I, I was always invested in, in fashion. And it started when I was really young already. I think I was like five or six years old. And I already told my mother that I wanted to go with her to the store and pick out my own clothes. Or I wanted to do my own hair and those type of things. So it really started young already, I, I would say. Um, but I think growing up, I always had the feeling that um, 
yeah, I, I didn't really want to go to school and those type of things because I, I was just more invested in doing the things that I really want to do. And I still do the things that I really want to do. So I had a hard time with going to school and these type of things because it was not in line with uh, the things that I wanted to do. So, so I had some, yeah, I think some issues with that, with going to school and, 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 and really um, focusing on these type of things. I, I didn't, didn't have like the idea of that I was not smart or these type of things, but it was just like school was just not my thing to do or something. So that was a bit, uh, a bit hard when growing up, especially that when uh, we started Luz Antoine, it's 2013, so it's quite, yeah, quite some time ago. Um, the discussions that you have with your parents, yeah, I want to go into fashion, I want to work in fashion and I wanted to do this and, Especially my my parents are a bit older, so for them it's like internet, social media. What is that? And like, it's not going to help you, and it's not going to make you smarter, and these type of things, you know. So, um, and and then besides that, a lot of people, uh, friends that find it weird that you're so invested in fashion mm. because it's uh, not something that guys typically do. You know what I mean? Like, so um, and 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 but then I think it it all gets back to doing what you want to do and and not listening towards uh not listening to to other people and their opinion because everyone has an opinion on what you are doing or what you're going to do did, did you get a lot of negative yeah like backlash of a like you mentioned parents but i do think that parents are always a little bit more critical of what, mm -hmm. the, what the children are doing yeah. but also friends or maybe like the yeah not friends so, so many like i come I, i come out of a um, small village in the Netherlands, a conservative village where people follow other people. Like when I started um, doing something in fashion, I got like so many negative comments on my Instagram page from people that are from my village, mm. people that I don't even talk to, you know, so, like or some people that that just a lot of people don't wish you things. They just think they they say to you oh you're doing a good job and these are things but they don't really mean it and i got a lot of negative feedback and like people saying that i'm gay because i i, I wear long shirts and these or i had a, like a bun when i was younger people were like no that guy's gay and sensitive topic yeah. I think. and and what did that do with you or like how did you cope with that i don't know like like um People say that, that it doesn't do anything with you. Like a lot of people say that, but that's definitely not true. It, it always does something with you when someone says something negative. But I think that in the end, that especially since I really liked it, avant-garde fashion, my brother really liked it, and my cousin also really liked it. So it was not that I am the only one or I was the only one that liked that typical, that type of fashion in a sense. So, um, and I think... And 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 so you you take the negative feedback and 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 you it does something with you. With all the other or the other sorry, or on the other hand, I saw my Instagram grow like every day a little bit, or I got like negative comments from people that I know, and then on my Instagram I got a lot of positive comments. So mm. yeah, you know what I mean. Like it 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 was so much better to get that positive feedback from people that I don't know than that negative feed feedback from people that actually don't wish me good luck in a sense. So. Because I think that's also like a source of businesses or ideas that never happen. 
is like the first and initial feedback of of your closest environment because they can be sometimes quite harsh and a lot of people they don't really know how to cope with the, the negativity or cope with like a backlash if your partner or if your family or someone is not in line and say like hey this is very cool what you're doing go for it uh, if they say like, i don't know if it's such a good idea or it's expensive or it's so i think a lot of ideas get always like shut down so the it takes a lot to still put yourself out there and especially in fashion where you have to i mean in the beginning you have only your style and the pictures of yourself right so mm -hmm. this is all you have now it shifted a little bit you are with uh, instagram you have a lot of designers and a lot of things that you can repost as well so you don't necessarily have to put yourself out there yeah and i think that is uh, that really shows a lot uh, and uh, shows a lot about you and your character and also like how bad you you or how crazy you're invested as well in in into avant-garde fashion and into los sentiments as well yeah it's it's um it's really a um I would say it's like a way of, of life in a sense. Just like like when you're vegan, it's like a way of life. You are it or you are not. And, and with avant-garde, I think it's a bit the same. Like mm. um the, the the clothing that I'm wearing, it also completes me in a sense. You know, it, it also it's like my my mind or like the what the, the person that I am is also reflected in the clothes that I'm wearing in a sense. That that also plays a big part. That because I really felt myself the person that I am in these clothes, that I always always got back to that one point of I just really like this fashion. It just completes me. It's just me, you know. And then if that is your baseline, you're always like, yeah, starting to work from that baseline. And, and unless people say otherwise, you don't care because you feel yourself in, yeah, I feel myself in the way that I dress. In a sense. So that I think that's also a big part. And um. Yeah, that 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 our Instagram keep kept on growing. That is really nice. But yeah, to to get back to um, your question about uh, how the the shoe collaboration started, I think it's nice to mention it as well. Um, last year, two thousand nineteen, we went to Paris Fashion Week, um, and we had a meeting with a designer. His, his name is James Kearn, so he's the, the the shoe designer from London, and we were following him for a while because we he he's like an inspirational guy. He, he has no background in fashion or in um, making clothes, shoes, whatever. Um, but he learned making shoes from YouTube. So that is so crazy. He he was he was watching YouTube videos on how to make shoes because he wanted to make shoes for himself. And then he started doing it. And then he became like, yeah. And he was a, a fan of avant-garde fashion as well. So it really, it re yeah, it really relates to who we are. You know, like we also started a bit from the bottom. We didn't have anything, no money or these type of things and um and the vibe and the connection with the designer was like yeah it was, it was really nice so um in paris we uh we talked and and then we said um yeah are you open to do a collaboration and he was like yeah let's do it just yeah we need to figure out how we're going to do it and these type of things and then a week after paris fashion week um i went to Par uh, to london um for for literally a day so i went at like six o'clock took the plane and then at like 10 o'clock in the evening took the plane back and then um yeah i went to his atelier and it was like in his um uh, in his own house like a pretty small space and we were literally like brainstorming and talking about like okay what are we going to do and like we had an idea my brother and i of how we wanted to make create a shoe 
um, we basically took a model of his uh, of his yeah of his signature shoes. We deconstructed the whole idea of um, whole idea of his of his model. Basically, we deconstructed the sole. We made elongated laces, uh, and um, he made the shoes, and we created the whole concept behind it. So we created the the communication, the the teams, the the promotion videos, the photo shoots, um, everything we created ourselves from our own vision. Um, and he created the shoes, and that is a really good collaboration up until now. So um, nice. And and where where do you take your your creativity from, like to design those shoes to remodel it? Is it more you or more your brother? Um, I think it's something that really um, um, uh, with with this with this collaboration, it's something that we we did with each other, like for real, like. My brother and I have a really good relationship. That's like if you start a company with someone, then you really should have a good relationship already. But my brother and I have like a really good relationship. We're best friends, we're brothers, and we're like business partners in a sense. So um, our vision is really good aligned with each other. So when I say something and think about a certain design or a certain type of adjustment, then he thinks about it. And, and then he says, okay, maybe we can do this as well. And most of the times it's also in line with what I'm thinking. So the the way of creating this this shoe or basically deconstructing this model that came literally from the both of us, I have that the creativity more in my mind, and he has it more with his um, hands. He made a technical drawing of it basically. Mm. So the designer also knew, okay, um, this is how they want to have it, you know. So um, it it really really um, came together from the both of us. I would say, yeah. And how do you get inspired? Like, where do you get your inspiration from? I get my inspiration from, I can get it from s simple, small things actually. Like, um, um, I can go for a run, for example. M maybe to rephrase, like, when was the last time that you were inspired? This is a really good question, actually. The last time that I was inspired. I think, yeah, like, um, like we discussed before this podcast already, like, this is just such a weird time with this COVID and with the situation, but, um, I can't actually recall that. I don't know. Like lately, I've been living into it in in some kind of bubble, so it's for me so weird to uh, get out of that picture and 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 get inspired or something with the things that are going on in the world, the coronavirus and and then all that racism in 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 the world. Um, but something that motivates me is that as well like that racism things that, that are going on like we can so do as a society so much better and that also motivates me to do better in a sense as a person already so that movement and that unity was something that somehow inspired you and, and like moved you at, at least to, yeah. to do something yeah i think so i think so yeah yeah B what uh, what do you think because if i mean If we are already at this topic, I think maybe maybe it's also good to to quickly uh, scr scratch on it. Um, what do you think is the um, is also the role of of fashion and maybe avant-garde fashion in 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 that matter in in unity and in, in uh, equality? I think that's a really good question right now. Like like the, um, I was really thinking about it, but the thing is with avant-garde fashion is that that we unite as a as a group in a sense we have dark skinned people that like it asian people that like it like lesbian people um gay people it doesn't matter like 
at all. We just unite because we really like the designs. We really like the fashion. And we can identify ourselves with the clothing and with the vision of the designers. So I think for us, I think it's nice that somehow we should show more that we as a avant-garde community already have been united and that racism is nothing or inequality is, is nothing that is that was a topic before yeah yeah i think it's a, re- it's a really 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 uh yeah good topic to to think about because like i have not never experienced something like that or seen something like that there are some designers that have done things that were a bit unethical i would say mm. with certain runway shows and these type of things where a lot of criticism went to um but but like if you take a look at the community like every everyone is different and we appreciate different as well so yeah but i i think it's also what what you can also see is the role of fashion um in today's society has become like completely different because instead of um looting and and rioting banks uh, where they could get money they uh, like rob those uh, sneaker shops and uh, the off-white shops and uh, of this world which is quite interesting because yeah i think that the the young generation also knows they can flip uh, a good uh, air jordan sneaker <laughs> a lot a lot better than uh, than thousand thousand euro or something or thousand uh, dollar and and i found that to be honest one of the most like fascinating and and um, surprising um, acts as well, like t- during the the whole demonstrations and and the looting that was going on, uh, to see that those kids uh, were just uh, emptying those stores first because they know exactly like what kind of value uh, those things have and the, the uh, normal like electronical stores and uh, where you can get your TV or something like they did not really like uh, care about it or yeah. It's crazy, right? Yeah. Yeah. I haven't thought about that actually, but it is it is like that. Yeah. yeah. You know, you know what I wanted to add is um and that is something what I also notice when I'm when I'm going to Paris Fashion Week is that everyone um welcomes you like and sees you like the person that you are. That is something like uh, I'm noticing it right now because when 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 my brother and I go to a certain showroom or uh, to um, Cube, which is like a show where multiple designers um, showcase their their collections, basically, and like we feel also so welcome there. Always, it the guys are so friendly there. The people are so friendly, and it doesn't matter how you look, what you're doing, or you know what. And mm. and, and and I think that is a real good example where we need to go towards, like accepting everyone like how they are and how they're looking like, and because it's eventually we're all the same basically yeah and and you always stand for the same the same thing and and in paris fashion week is you all stand for fashion mm-hmm. but i think this is a nice model also to use um like to extend maybe and also say we all stand for being like humans and uh, we all we are all are humans and we we all have basically the same uh, of course it's sometimes a little bit different ideology and like different expectation different moral codes but in the end we are all uh, flesh and blood, right? And all, all the, the same. It's a very, very interesting uh, conversation. But I do think that fashion, like uh, the influence also when you look at um, the most influential people, I mean, Kanye West, let's maybe not talk about Virgil Abloh right mm-hmm. now, but like uh, uh, th- those those people have like 
um, a big impact or had a big impact. Same with like sports uh, person, but I think that sports and and fashion is the biggest uh, driver of change in yeah. in the world for sure. So it's gonna be very interesting what will happen like in future, like what what happens out of that that movement and what what uh, will be like the yeah the f future scenario. And I think it's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Also, from a sports perspective, I, like I, I am not following following like that many like sport influencers or or like like sport people in a sense. But I'm wondering what they're doing against this, or if they have done something. But they like indeed they have like one of the biggest voices. They can have one of the biggest voices because a lot of people like sports, and it's definitely true. I think a very positive development was the National Football League. Um, they, I mean, a couple of years ago, I think two years ago, they had like the incident with Colin Kaepernick that he was kneeling down uh, and not respecting the flag. Um, he got, I think, also laid off uh, after that. Was not playing until until, or he's still not playing until now. Uh, and I think two days ago, the NFL uh, CEO gave like a statement that. The NFL stands behind uh, every single player and without the players, there are nothing and it does not matter. Um, again, I think we're at the point where we say it does not matter uh, what you do in the end, uh, they stand for the sport, right? And mm -hmm. if a person is black or white or brown or comes from Asia or from like Europe, it does not matter because he plays um, the sports and he's good at it, what he's doing. And we have to respect the person for what he's doing and not for where he comes from. Yeah. And and I think that this is like the beautiful thing and like a big a big step and a big leap I think for for America, that one of the biggest organization with uh, NFL spoke out so vocally about it and uh, it's gonna be very interesting I think what will what will happen what will happen out of that in the future and um, if you talk about future, um, what do you think is the future for for Lesantemore? It's a really really good question like. Um when we had uh, our previous talk for four months ago, uh, I had a different perspective on, on how this year, at least, would look like, and potentially how the future looks like. So, so it, it's always shifting a bit. But I think the objective and, and the main goal is, uh, at first, that we keep on growing. We really want to be like the biggest leading platform, not only on social media but also like like. We we want to be recognized offline, online, like as the biggest platform, helping designers like with a not only with promoting but like in consulting part with helping them grow organically um, online, helping them optimizing the website, those type of things. Um, but I think for us as a, as a, as a, as Lusantema, I think. Um, I hope that that within two years that we can be like a a full time like company where we have people employed in different uh type of specialties like someone for 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 content development or the one for maybe some type of account managing where it's more in 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 line with the designers um but yeah our main objective stays to be to be the glue between these three three pillars these three audiences. Um, and to help the market grow, we really want to to place some new air in this in this in this uh, segment. Mm. 
new designers have the chance to um to put themselves out there in a sense because it's really hard like like it's really hard for designers to to start or to get their name out like because there are so many designers and for for them it's so hard to get to that audience so what we want to achieve is that every designer from super popular up until like not known yet if their if their designs are good and if they have a good vision and we want to give them the opportunity to um reach our audience as well so that is that is one big part and that is always what the vision will be to to help other people help other designers help stores um in addition to that of course we also want to to grow as a brand lusantma i've i have a big passion also for like sports outdoor sports so it would potentially be cool to, to do something with that um i like fragrances those type of things so like a, a bit like building our brand with things that we already really like we don't want to compete with these designers but we do like to to put things on the market which maybe could benefit other designers as well like a collaboration like we have done right now maybe new collaborations um yeah so it's hard to explain what it is right now the the future but the objective stays a bit the same and and we want to grow and 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 keep um keep promoting uh, promoting keep 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 generating awareness with this uh, fashion niche in a sense and you you just mentioned that uh, you want to give like young young designers and aspiring people like a, a chance and like a, a platform um what what tips would you have also for someone who would like to start a, a similar page for for fashion and um, doesn't need to be like in 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 the avant-garde fashion scene but uh, just in general like or what what tips would you give to someone who said like hey i want to uh, become some something in fashion not maybe a designer maybe a um, influencer maybe a informational page maybe a blog writer like what what would be your tips to to start off and to succeed in the end yeah so so um first of all it always needs to start with a passion you need to be really invested into it you need to really like the 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 the, the branch that you're working in or that you're trying to work in so it starts with that because if you have a lot of interest and passion for something then you're also searching for a lot of information so you know a lot of things about the work about the branch about everything basically so it starts with that and second of all um make really informative engaging and interactive interactive content for your audience and and like try to really nail that try to to find your own tone of voice um and then try to connect with other pages with other designers um try to reach out to as many people as possible and try to um yeah it, so this, that's what i would focus on and then from a work perspective um set set like really scheduled days in a week that you work on work forward always schedule your things for the next weeks um work on to-do list and um, write down your vision and write down where you want to go towards and 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 basically reflect on yourself if every step or everything that you're doing if it basically contributes to your uh, to your end vision um so i think that that is really important um 
And also, like, for example, if you want to start on social media, besides that you, for example, I, I do it in fashion, so I need to know a lot of, of, a lot of, uh, a lot about fashion, but mm. Instagram has an algorithm, um, audiences, hashtags, those type of things. You need to also, um, yeah, really focus on learning that. How can you um, optimize yourself with that algorithm? How can you make sure that people see your posts? Those type of things. So it, it starts with educating yourself a lot. Yeah. And be consistent. I think that's the m- the most important part. Staying consistent. That that um, if you don't stay consistent, then um, it it eventually falls apart. Also, what I always done um, is to see each day contributing towards the end goal instead of that um, that you're working today and and that that it that your work doesn't improve or that you don't get towards the point that you want to be. I always see it like this. Every day that I invest now in two years, that is so much time. And time equals essentially work and work equals results essentially. So those type of things I always keep in mind that although I don't have seen, like um, I don't want to work or I don't feel like working, I just, then only it's an hour or only it's one and a half hours or something like that. Eventually it contributes to the end vision and the end goal. So, Definitely yeah. more steps to towards like a big goal. Yeah, it's 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 just <laughs> so cliche, but it's it's really a marathon rather than a sprint. It can be a sprint sometimes, but most of the times it's also it's a marathon. You're constantly evolving, learning, mm. adapting. What what was the most surprising thing for you for um of entrepreneurship? I think um the most surprising thing is that uh that you really have to work hard and uh, and and that people think that they understand that but it's not working hard for a month i mean if you take a look at me i'm working since 2013 on it and if i said seven if i said seven years ago okay 2020 i'm doing what i'm doing right now um then maybe I wouldn't proceed with it because it's so much time that you invest into it. So that is something that really uh, came as a surprise. So, so if someone would have told you 2013, you have 60,000 followers and you're the biggest, uh, you're the biggest avant-garde fashion site, you would not have done it. If you speak to it like that in <laughs> results, I might have, yeah. but uh, it's a really good question. But um, yeah, for example, if, if you would have said that the first few years you make almost no money out of it um, and you invest um, almost, uh, I would say, 16 to 20 hours a week um, consistently, then I might, uh, might didn't do it, actually. I'm not sure. It's hard to say, but I, 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 uh, it is definitely something that, uh, that uh, I have underestimated. But, but don't you think that also sometimes the um, like comparison of like different uh, pages or like what success looks re- like what success looks like is maybe also lacking behind a little bit because I mean I can imagine like there are so many um, Instagram pages that have millions of followers and um, that is a lot of times taken as a benchmark right so I don't know I think if you look at the segment and if you think that you're like the one of the biggest sites, I think if you would have started and someone would have told you 
if you keep on going in seven years, you are the biggest side. I think then he would have said, okay, I'm going to, where can I sign? Maybe I have to work 30 hours and maybe I can already be 2018 the biggest side or something like this. So it is always like both ways, but I do think that sometimes the benchmark that is out there is like very high and that it, you consider yourself only really successful if you have like the, if you don't have to work anymore at all, or if you have millions of followers and you're the the biggest site on, on Instagram, um, I think that is also always a little bit difficult, but I think sometimes it's also enough that you inspire like uh, 10,000 people or if even if you inspire 200 people to do something, to start something, or you have a nice engaging community, it's sometimes worth more with 60,000 followers than with uh, 139 yeah. million. Yeah, definitely. You know, what, what, is, what also is um, something that is super logic, and but still... Uh, I underestimated this. Um, when you work for a, for a boss and you don't do a lot of things or you're not really consistent or like not really focused on your work there, the work goes on. Like the results will go on. Like it's not that the work stays still or something. But if you have your own company and you decide to not work for a day or for a week, everything is on hold. So that is something that you need to take into account when you when you want to start working on something and you have to work consistently every day or like every other day on it because if you do if you don't do anything one day there's nothing happening one day and that is something that you really have to take into account and I think a lot of people know that but they don't um, understand it maybe it's literally like that if you don't work if you don't do the work there's nothing coming out of it that's something that I've noticed quite a lot of the uh, the seven years that I've been working on this. Yeah, because it's completely dependent on 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 yourself, everything that you do. Um, what are you not very good at right now, and you want to become better at? Um, yeah. So where I'm not really good at is um, super cliche, but a bit of that being structured at all. It's something that I think is one of the key things that you need to learn if you're an entrepreneur to be really structured with your work um, with setting goals um, but also documentation and um, so I need to be way more structured mm. that's that something that I know for myself that I, I really need to focus on yeah so I think that that, that is something that is going to um, to uh, be always in my life that 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 you can be always more structured, but, but that is really hard for me. And, and what are you doing to achieve it? Or is it just something that is like, okay, this is on my list <laughs> to get more structured no, on no. a to-do list? Or, or is, is there also like a concrete uh, action that you that you take of it? Um, yeah, well, I used to read a lot of books regarding like personal development as well, but also like a bit of project management, time, uh, time management. So that helps a bit. Um, making to-do lists working in asana for example to write down your tasks and that is funny because with my full-time job i'm working in asana and at a certain point i thought okay let's see if i can do it for myself as well and i have to say that i'm also not super consistent with that mm -hmm. but it really helps a bit to map out some tasks that you want to do for the future and then you have it on paper in a sense so writing everything down works because that helps also with being structured um yeah but i can do definitely more 
and better with it. Yeah. Which uh, title would you give this chapter of your life? I think um, or exploring or all or nothing. All or nothing? Yeah. <laughs> I would take this one. <laughs> that sounds sounds better. Yeah, I think all or nothing. All or nothing. Okay. Yeah. Is is that because you're you're in an all or nothing phase or? No, I think like the age that I'm in, the the um, the moment in my life where I'm that I'm in, I'm finished school and everything. I work, I'm working, um, and and I'm having this. But in five years, I want to think about maybe like starting and raising a family and those type of things. And then you need to have stable income. And so for me, it's all or nothing. Or I'm going to be fully invested in this and work my ass off the upcoming years and have this more unlocked in a sense mm. or it is nothing and just going with that full-time job and raising a family in in in, in, in that sense you know so that's why i would call it all or nothing it's just a phase between like being middle 20s with at the end of your 20s and going into a next chapter in chapter in your life And that is a bit, uh, it's a bit scary. I think I'm a big, bit, bit anxious about it. Sometimes I think that if I'm not moving forward with everything and not, not grinding hard, that time is really catching up. And that at a certain time I'm 30 and then I haven't achieved what I want to achieve. And then because of less time, you need to make decisions that you're actually not, well, that you, of course, decisions that, you are um, happy to make, but also that may, might not be contributing to what you wanted five years ago, in a sense. Yeah. That's why I call this, this this phase in my life the all or nothing phase. Yeah. Is that your biggest fear? Fear of failing? I think so, yeah. I think I, think I would be really um, disappointed um, in myself if... if, if um, If it doesn't go the way I envision it. And fortunately, everything went the way I envisioned it like four years ago when I was living in Kuala Lumpur. There, that, that's what the shift in my mindset really um, came in a sense. And then I envisioned myself that in a few years I would have like a good job and like this would like would be taking off better and these type of things. So in, in that regard, it, it, it helped and... But now, yeah, I really hope that uh, if we have the discussion in uh, three years or something, that uh, that I've sorted these things out, you know, yeah. that 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 you have that all, you know, yeah. So it's exciting, exciting, exciting times to to be alive as well. Um, yeah, I think that uh, we are almost uh, at our the final question. Um, I think it's a very very interesting. Uh, journey not only i think as an entrepreneur i think that's one part but also as a human um like growing up in the conservative netherlands and uh, still making your way through it and uh, building that uh, that fantastic platform i think that's uh, very in incredible i have one final question for you oscar and the question is if you could send a sms or a whatsapp message to every mobile phone in this world mm -hmm. what would you say i think that that it would be uh, stay true to yourself something like that because it all starts with um yeah believe in yourself i find it so cliche to say these things you know but it really is something that is true you have to really believe and stay true to yourself and the choices that you make and 
every choice basically every right choice that you make that contribute to so many good things eventually and you all you literally have everything in your own power to to do so so i would say yeah stay true to yourself believe in yourself um and if you have a good idea just work it out yeah something like that but yeah. but it, like entrepreneurship is also super cliche i think right yeah because everything that they basically say becomes also true like if you I don't know, grind and then you will be successful. And somehow it is like also true. And like also the all the quotes that you that you read and you, I was never so connected to those quotes. But mm -hmm. the longer you are invested with entrepreneurship, the longer you uh, work in it, you think like they're actually all all true. Those yeah. those sentences because in the end it comes down to very few um, characteristics that you have to have. It's it's. Actually, it's so super easy, but people make it so complicated. It's like like switch switching like flipping a uh, flipping a switch for your for your light or something. It's yeah. on and off, or you're either on or you're off, and that's literally how you have to envision your mindset as well. Like either you do it or you don't do it. There's not a sixty six percent chance that you're doing it and twenty percent that you're not doing it or whatever. Yeah. It is. You do it or you don't do it. It's always 50-50, which is so crazy, actually. Uh, but that's, uh, I think that's entrepreneurship. And then and then I think it fits uh, very well together with your motto or if you, with your title, All In or Nothing. Um, I think that's uh, that's what it is uh, in, in the end. it's Entrepreneurship is not like a, a half halfway thing that you can do. You just do it or you don't do it. I think it's like either you do it or you don't do it. Yeah, and, and, and I think what, what is also, uh, and it just also comes back to it, do it or not, uh, a lot of people have good ideas and then they work their ideas out and they keep on working it out working it out on paper but not executing it not doing it and then eventually they think or they get so many criticism crit from, from different people and then they are eventually not doing it anymore so yeah I think that it is do it or not and, and, and keep and stay true to yourself believe in yourself like if you really want something then you're able to And invest a lot of time in it and if you're able to invest a lot of time in it it equals work equals results eventually so. and uh, results equals success yeah. and whatever success might might look uh, yeah. for you great thanks so thank you again for the for that nice interview and uh, i will post some some pictures and some uh, like the pictures of your shoes and also um, i will link your your Uh, Instagram profile as well in the in the stories and in the post so that the people can also look a little bit to get um, acquainted to avant-garde fashion thank you again for listening to the 301 podcast another great episode has come to an end and another extraordinary human being has been introduced and today we touched upon many topics in the podcast we talked about how he started Lusantemore how he gets inspired uh, and how he worked on himself and also which role the fashion industry has on cultural development, which I think is a very important topic. But one thing that for me stood out today in the podcast was the, the business talk and the talk about uh, business cliches. And I have to say that we all know those entrepreneurial and motivational quotes. And I was never a real big fan of it. But I think Oscar showed today that with a lot of determination, work ethic and constant development, um, it really will pay off and hard work will pay off in the end. And I'm really hoping that everyone can take a little bit of, of Oscar's advice 
and uh, his de determination and applied it to his journey or her journey. And again, I'm incredibly thankful that everyone is listening to the podcast. I cannot thank you enough for that. I'm back with another episode next week. See you then. Yours truly, Marcus.